What's up? Welcome back. We're talking about social media and why it's changed so drastically just in the last few years and what it means for us, you know, what it means for experts who are building influence online, becoming famously influential, um, looking to attract ideal clients, looking to build a lifestyle business, and, and really without doing it by spending all day on social media. And so if you're naturally drawn that way, you probably noticed that social media has been uh, quite different. It's been in the news a lot lately because of its effect on politics. And I think we can agree, regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum, that things are more polarized, I would say, at any time in U.S. history since probably the 60s. And social media has, uh, I think, taken a fair share of blame for it. And you're about to find out exactly why that is. And there's an extremely valid reason. It isn't just that people have a public square forum to say things that you'd find disagreeable, it's there's a, a specific thing that's going on with the algorithm that is amplifying certain things for certain reasons, and we're about to hear why. Uh, so I came across a really interesting video the other day, and I wanted to share a short clip of it along with some thoughts. The gentleman that you're about to hear is named Jason Lanier. He's known as a, kind of a Silicon Valley philosopher and a futurist, but he's got a background as an entrepreneur in virtual reality going back all the way to the 80s, co-founding one of the, like, I think it was the first company to sell virtual reality goggles. He ends up in the 2000s working at Microsoft. I think he might still be there as like an interdisciplinary uh, scientist. He may have left um, since then. Uh, he's also a composer and a musician. So super interesting guy, very, very deep thinker. So I want to play you this clip and it's in response to the question, why does social media have this effect on politics? Is it because of the way people respond to things on social media? And here's the key part of Jason's response that jumped out to me. And that is that uh, in traditional behaviorism, you would give an animal or a person a little treat like candy or maybe an electric shock, and you'd go back and forth between positive and negative feedback. And when researchers try to determine whether positivity or negativity is more powerful, they're roughly at parity. They're both important. But the difference with social media is that the algorithms that are are following you respond very quickly. They're looking for the quick responses. And the negative responses, like getting startled or scared or irritated or angry, tend to rise faster than the, uh, the positive responses, like building trust or feeling good. Those things rise more slowly. So here's three lessons that I take away from Jason's perspective. The first thing that jumped out is uh, knowing that now that to be successful on social media today, you've got to tap into emotions that rise quickly and generate quick, impulsive responses, right? So you can do this with things like controversial opinion posts. You know, there's some copywriters I've stumbled across on Facebook who are really good at this. Um, you know, the, the whole broetry, you know, the bro poetry uh, stuff that came up on LinkedIn a few years ago uh, with the growth hackers that were kind of behind that and discovered that method that that had the same effect. It's also why uh, opinion posts, you know, work so well. We've got a client who has a really amazing system for how she's built her Facebook group. And Jenna Kutcher uh, started using her system and just catapulted, like skyrocketed their engagement within their Facebook group. Why? Because it's based on posts that seek out people's opinions and give people things to respond to and encourage um, responses with like short, easily readable opinion posts, among other things. And uh, you can also really see this where you have like uh, posts where there's like a grid of like four options to choose from, or just side by side, two options to choose from which one A or B, which are, you know, which one are you, or which one would you choose? And people can just really quickly jump in and just pick one. They don't have to think a lot. Those types of things where you get really lightning quick, uh, engagement right off the bat, that seems to really work. 
It's also why social media experts are telling you to talk about random things and talk about your business, you know, only a tiny bit or in the background. In fact, some of them will tell you um, the more randomness, the better in terms of getting engagement. You know, we joke around about this with my co-host on the real estate podcast that he gets more engagement out of the posts about taking his dog to the dog park than it gets about any, you know, real estate content he's ever put up. It's like, well, yeah, no, duh, uh, because that's more interesting content. It gets more responses and therefore the algorithm amplifies it. Um, but that brings us to point number two, which is that the whole jab, 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 right hook approach just doesn't work like it did. Um, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't say it doesn't work at all, but it does not work like it did. You are, when you step into the realm of social media, you are in an artificial space. It is not just a public square that's been moved online. It's not just about who shouts the loudest or the most often. You know, that, that approach worked um, in the days when, you know, Grant Cardone was scheduling, a, uh, I think, a, tw a tweet on Twitter every 17 minutes or something like that. And, you know, Gary Vee really rose to prominence on that kind of crush it 10x uh, approach that they both share, which is, hey, more content, more content, more content, and when in doubt, more content. Unfortunately, now there's an algorithm that stands between your content and your audience. And that algorithm is looking for very specific, fast impulsive emotional responses and if it doesn't see that kind of response your post just doesn't go very far which changes the entire game you know when gary v's book jab 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 right hook came out i loved that book it was a great book um, but back then the algorithm was a lot less sophisticated and it was it didn't have this approach you could post you know things that were like value 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 and then you could post an ask you know which is what that is so jab 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 right hook his whole approach was hey value 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 then post something that asks them to take action and roughly the same people are going to see each post. And when roughly the same people are seeing each of those posts, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it's really just the same thing as this podcast is value, value, value. And then I'm going to ask you to do something. Hey, let's work together. Let's jump on a call. So the principle of jab, 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 right hook absolutely works. But now the execution of it on social media has completely changed due to the algorithm. So what's happening is a very small portion of your audience is going to see a post. That's, that's who the, uh, the algorithm is going to show your post to first. If it doesn't get the right kind of engagement the algorithm is looking for based on its measurement of fast rising, impulsive, emotional responses, then your post isn't going to go beyond that small portion that initially saw it. It's going to get stuck there, right? Which is why a lot of times if you have, you know, 5,000 or 10,000 friends and followers on Facebook, you can post something and most of your posts get, you know, 100, 150, couple hundred views. You'll have one of them that goes gangbusters and gets 1,500 or 2,000 or whatever, but it's entirely unpredictable and it's never the same people. And mostly you get the same 150 to 200 people commenting on your stuff. A lot of times it's the same people that you're interacting with when you interact with their content. It's the people that show up in your feed. That's where your content shows up in their feed. So now you have social media experts going out and saying like, hey, if you want people to see your stuff, you got to go out and engage with their stuff. And that's fine, but that's not really leveraged. And that wasn't the original promise of social media to all of us in the business world, which is that, hey, you got to interact with a hundred other people <laughs> to see for those hundred people to see your stuff. Like that is not the initial promise of social media to the business world. So that's what's going on right now. So in general terms, business oriented content on a social platform is just not going to outperform social content, personal content, outrageous political content, right? That's what you're competing against. You're not in a business forum. You're not in a business networking event talking about businessy things, and then your business content can stand out above the rest. It's like being in a shopping mall, right? Where there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. There's vendors yelling at people, and there's an event going on, and there's a concert over here, 
and over here there's a strip club and like it's all this like that's where you're stepping into that's what social media is like so when you go to like deliver jab 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 right hook your right hook is the post where you expect people to see a call to action for your business right it's like hey i know you saw all these posts about wine and the dog i took to the dog park and my vacation to you know uh, marin county and all this stuff but now I want you to see my post about the real estate markets. And that's what happens is that the algorithm steps in and goes, eh, I don't know about that. That's, that doesn't sound like a very engaging post. I'm going to put that in front of maybe 100 people and we'll see. We'll see, buddy. And when you don't get the exact response that the algorithm is looking for, that 100 people is about all that's going to see that post. So what's happening now is it's like if you imagine like you're, you're a real boxer doing jab, jab, jab. But whenever you go in for the right hook, the referee holds your arm back. Who would box under those circumstances? You get your butt kicked. That's what's happening on social media. You're going, hey, I'm going to give value, 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 ran, you know, random content, posting about my life, posting about stuff. But at some point, I'm going to deliver that right hook and I'm going to post something about my business with a call to action. And bam, the algorithm squashes that post. Well, what's the value in social media if the only things that the algorithm is going to promote is the stuff that's not about your business? And then when you go to post something about your business, that's the very thing that gets squashed down and virtually no one sees it. Now, why is that? Well, that brings me to point number three, which is in order to actually deliver that right hook, you have to pay to play. That's what the social media companies have figured out. That's why their, their business model is genius, right? It's why they're multi, multi, multi-billion dollar and trillion dollar companies. What they've done is they've let you build an audience. They let you get a taste of reaching them for free. And then they pull the rug out from under you and they crank your reach down to, you know, 5% of your audience, 1% of your audience, if you've got a Facebook page, super low. And then they basically say, hey, it's time to pay up. If you want to reach the rest of your audience, the rest of the people that have subscribed to your content, hey, pay up, buddy. There's no free lunch. So as Jason Lanier points out, the way that social media companies measure engagement has changed. And it's not in favor of emotions and responses that build trust or positive emotion, right? When it comes to selling professional services, trust is a huge component of what we're trying to build with our content. So an algorithm that only rewards content that generates this immediate and mostly negative emotional responses, it's just made social media a very tough place to build real enduring influence, right? Because mostly what the algorithm is gonna push is the stuff that generates immediate, impulsive, and mostly negative emotional responses. Well, how, as someone selling a professional service, do you put out content that generates negative emotional responses, but also somehow builds trust and positive emotion and links it with you? I mean, maybe you can do that. There, there's some techniques the copywriters use with Common Enemy, and that might work. You know, if you're in the financial services and you make a common enemy out of Dave Ramsey or, um, you know, the other financial shows or just the stock market and stock brokers in general, you know, that kind of stuff can work. Um, you, can, you can put a common enemy out there, which then reflects better on you, but you've got to stir up all that negative emotion in order to get your post to really be seen. So think about it if you're on the more of the digital introvert side, like I am, you don't want to spend two to three hours a day doing exactly what the social media companies want you to do, knowing that everything you do on the platform is monitored, knowing that, you know, you've got to use their latest features, you've got to stay ahead of the latest tactics, you try to try, try to game the system. So you can reach people before the social media company steps in and says, hey, pay up. At some point, you're going to have to pay in order to actually post something with a call to action that gets seen by people. So that's where we're going. Uh, it's basically it, it, You've, everything is monitored on social media, everything that you do. Uh, it's true right now that if you want 100 certain people to see your content, you've got to go out and engage with their content. And that's fine. 
um, I would qualify that and I would call that sales. Because essentially what you're going out is you're having conversations with people and that will always work, right? But it's not leveraged. It's not scalable. And that wasn't the promise of social media when, um, you know, when the book Crush It came out and when 10X came out and all those things, when, when people like Gary Vee and Grant Cardone were saying, hey, get on social media, get on social media, get on social media. The promise wasn't, hey, if you talk to 100 people online, those 100 people will see your content and you'll get sales. The promise was, thousands, millions of people would see your content and a small percentage of those would buy. And if you could still reach that level of people, that's true. A certain percentage of them will buy. If you can build a, you know, a, a million followers on a platform, some percentage of them will buy or somebody will pay you money to run ads to them, not knowing whether they buy or not, which is the model for you know a lot of things right now. But if you're actually selling professional services and you're building, you know, attempting to build a social media audience, not to just you know, sell sponsorships and run commercials to them, but to actually get them to sign up for a professional service. Social media is changing and it has changed so drastically that it's just not a very hospitable place to build real enduring influence on a foundation of trust and positive emotion because social media is not rewarding those things right now. That is their choice. They have made those choices and those choices may change. In the rest of that video, Jason uh, Lanier goes on to give some alternatives, uh, and they're very interesting. You know, different business models, pay you know pay subscription models for different types of social media platforms that don't rely on advertising. There's a lot of things, and and we as a society can choose to engage with social media differently, treat social media differently. I can tell you for me, uh, Facebook and, and Instagram are no longer installed on my phone. Uh, I'll check them periodically on desktop, and mostly. You know, for every 20 notifications I get on Facebook, 19 and a half of them I don't even care about and are not relevant at all to me. Uh, and so I use them less and less. And, uh, and I just find myself, uh, the more that I find out about the changes that they've made to the algorithms and how they're measuring engagement, the more I find myself drawn to other platforms, obviously we're doing podcasting, but more, more drawn to things like email newsletters and Substack and YouTube channel and things like that. So I've got some interesting things that I'm working on for 2022 from Microfamous, because I just think social media, unless something changes, and I, and hopefully it does, but unless something changes right now, it's just not a hospitable environment for creating trust and 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 linking positive emotions to your brand so that you can sell po you know professional services. It's just not a very hospitable place right now. So uh, there's a link uh, to the full video uh, in the show notes where it starts the clip at that 11 minute mark, but I would encourage you to watch the whole thing. It's really, really interesting. If you have any interest in social media, if you wanna see it do better, if you wanna see it uh, have more of a positive role in society and what you can do to help steer it that way, it's just a great video. So I encourage you to watch that. And uh, I told you I would ask you to do something. So if you wanna work together on your strategy, your messaging, your branding, your podcast, whatever the case is, uh, just reach out, go to getmicrofamous.com. There's a way for you to just uh, grab a quick call. Or you can look me up on Facebook um, for the for the little time I am there. I do check it daily for messages, especially. So one of the few things that I do have on my phone is Facebook Messenger. So if you just go to facebook.com slash get microfamous, that's my personal profile. You can shoot me a personal 
Facebook message. And uh, any questions that you have, or if you just want to jump on a call, we can work that out through Facebook Messenger. That's the easiest and best way to get a hold of me. Uh, so do that if you want to work on that stuff, or if you want to talk about our agency actually launching and producing your podcast, which is uh, really our specialty and our bread and butter. So thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you wading in with me uh, into the, the dark, deep waters of social media right now. Hopefully you found that interesting and compelling, and we'll see you on the next episode of Microfamous.